0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com. Okay. So, just interesting, you know, it always happens that, um, on the day of giving a she'er, stuff happens. So, today I had a, what we call a vikuach. Vikuach is a, I won't say it's an argument, but it's a heated discussion with a, a girl that we had a whole discussion about emuna and bitachon and believing in hashem and the difference between emuna and bitachon and I'd like to just talk about if we have a sitter I mean, do we have a sitter around here anybody have a sitter on them on your phone I wouldn't do that If you come to the Tishabov shear this year you will not do that anymore either <laughs> The fourth dimension is the fourth dimension is having Prayers on a phone. That's what we're going to talk about. This new dimension, we call it, the three dimensions Hashem created. The fourth creation is when it says man-made, made made by man. That's the fourth dimension, and we'll talk about that dimension. And what happened this two weeks ago, or a week and a half ago, or a week ago, in a movie theater. When the fourth dimension met the third dimension. That's what we're going to talk about on Tisha, but that's not for now. All right, let's talk a little bit about Amunah. Okay, so it says the following in Shmon Esrei, every girl here, if, even if you don't daven anything else, and I'm sure you do, everybody daven Shmon Esrei, right? So first of all, you know, during Shmon Esrei, your mind wanders. There's a joke a rabbi once said that you should say Tzviles before you start Shmon Esrei. <laughs> so I'm saying Hashem's Tzviles HaTiftah, because once you start Shemon Esrei, like, like, did I say Refeinu? Did I say Modim? I don't remember saying anything. You know what I'm talking about. It happens to me all the time, right? You start off concentrating and then you're off in Mexico somewhere. Business, school, all over the place. So, um, it's the way it is because the Shemone is, is the most Kaddish Tvila. And the Yetzirah, you know, he's there. He wants, to, he wants to make sure that you don't concentrate. I personally usually take one bracha that each one Esra and I say this one. i like, Atta Kaddish. This time I'm not letting my mind wander. I'm doing Atta Kaddish. Sometimes I really make up my mind to do the Hashmonestri but I never make it. For something always takes you off, you know, off the beat. But let's let's take a look at the beginning of Hashmonestri, right? Baka ta sham, bas yashmal kana lokel lokel useno, elokel romel ke yethelokel yakok. Okay. Okel hagodo, hagibor vanora. Right? Um I'll, I'll read it from the English here cuz it's a little fancier. The great, the mighty, the awesome and supreme. Okay. He, he bestows upon us kindness, beneficial kindness, good kindness. The kind of our call, he owns everything. And he remembers the good of our forefathers, who may be Goyal of Nebuchadnezzar. And he's going to bring a Redeemer, he brings a Redeemer to his children. Leman Shemo, for his name, Ba'ahava, with love. Melech, Oizeh, and Meshia, Omargain. A king who's a helper and a savior and a protector. Baruch Hashem. So this is the first bracha that we made. So now, just a cute story that I heard. So this guy, he gets up in the morning and he owes $10,000. He's very, very, very nervous. Because where's he going to get this $10,000 to pay the money he owes the bank for his house? He's going to lose his house. So he goes to Shul and he says this, he He says this, you're the protector, you have kindness, you're the greatest, you're the strongest, you're the benefactor, right? By hashivenu, he's back in his head to, where am I going to get the $10,000? But you just said, God can do everything, he's going to He owns everything, he controls everything, he has all the money, so what, right, where are you going? And then he's got to run out of shul, because he's got to find the $10,000. If you really believe what you just said, then... uh what are, you, what, are you, what are you being so nervous about? So, most of us don't really believe what we say, honestly. If you, if you really look at yourself after, you know, very cute, or very interesting, before Kriyashma. And this, this one, I mean, it's I, I do the same thing, right? First of all, Kriyashma in the morning, you know how many times it says the word, who here knows how many times it says the word love in the, in the Ahavarava, the thing that you say before you say Kriyashma in the morning? Anyone here could guess? How many times do you say that Hashem loves us? 30 no, 30. There's only 30 words in the whole thing. <laughs> so here, Ava Rabba, Ava one time. Ahav Tanu, two times. Okay. Then, Kodir Re Tavatar Sechaba Ava, three times. Riachidu bevenu Le Ava, four times. Ravi Yenlu Shem Abba the Five times. Right before Kriyashma, six times. So before you, before you, before Hashem asks you in Kriyashma the mitzvah of loving Him, to love Hashem with all your heart, before He asks you to love Him, He tells you six times, That he loves you, which is very important in relationships and marriage. Because if you expect someone to tell you that they love you and to show you love, then you have to show them love. Where did you learn that? Where did you get that idea? You read a book about children bias? No. I got that idea from God. Because God, six times before he asks me to love him, he tells me that he loves me. From God. In a relationship if you want, even Hashem is not going to ask so Hashem love me before he tells us six times that he loves us and the last time he says Hashem, bless to Hashem. Be-Ama you chose us with love so six times he's telling us that he chose us with love now he can ask us hey I love you so much I told you six times I love you, so I'm asking you to love me. Which altogether I told this girl, because so many people are angry at Hashem, so many people are disconnected from Hashem. I said to her, it's so sad that Hashem has to give you a mitzvah to love Him. That you don't love Him on your own, but He has to tell you, in Kriyashma, that you should love me with all your heart. Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? If a wife has to tell her husband, Listen, you have to love me with all your heart. It's so sad. So it's a little bit sad that Hashem has to give us a mitzvah to love him because he knows that most of us don't and won't because we don't have what we call bitachon. So I said to her, I said, let me tell you what real bitachon means. And Emunah and bitachon are a little bit interchangeable. So, you don't believe in God. But Wallace saying, How do I know that there's a God? So, she was sitting on a chair when I was talking to her. I said, How do you know that somebody made that chair? I right know. Because cheers, she said, cheers don't just happen. I said, Oh, but people do. The human being with those billion of parts that have to be moving exactly correctly. That, you don't believe anybody made. But a chair, which has a cushion and a metal and four screws, has to be made by somebody. I said, listen to yourself. A whole world, a sun, a moon, clouds, animals, fish, the whole world, biology system, the ecosystem, the, 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 the fish, the seas, all that stuff, I don't believe anybody made it. But your blouse and your socks, and your shoes, no way will I ever believe Red Wallerstein that it happened by itself. You can't sell me that shoes just appeared. So I have to sell you that the whole world appeared? And she, she sounded so, she's a very smart girl. She sounded so silly. I'll use the word stupid, but I don't want to say stupid, so I'm going to say silly. You're so silly. You believe that a pair of socks doesn't grow from the ground doesn't just happen. But you don't believe that this whole world with everything in it could have just happened. Because the Meshuggah guy got up, scientist, and said, the Big Bang was a big explosion and Hani showed up. And Yehudah showed up. And a giraffe showed up. And different molecules, different animals. And all these little molecules Neutrons and ions, and all the ons, right? That blew up and smacked into each other. Who created them? Even in science, nothing can come from nothing. You can slip matter, you can put matter together. So she, she's looking at me, and I'm saying, Do you know why you don't believe in Hashem? Because he makes you responsible. Because he's a higher power. Because he makes you look in the mirror and say, I didn't just happen because if you just happened so I just didn't happen I just did happen this is the way I happen once you believe in a creator that means there's a purpose because when we create something we create it for a purpose and if I have a purpose then I can't just chill, hang out and do whatever I want I have to figure out what my purpose is and I don't want to do that so 99.9 percent of people don't believe in God before they decided not to believe in God, they were doing things they weren't supposed to. It's never that you don't believe in God, you woke up one morning, I don't believe in God, and then you started doing Averis. You started doing Averis, and then you don't believe in God. Because he's got to get out of the way. So a chair, you feel secure. You sit down on the chair. It looks like it's very sturdy. You sit down on it. And you're not worried. No we're here, put one foot on the chair first, and, che- and checked it out to make sure that Ray Wallstein didn't unscrew all the things so that when you sit on it, you're gonna end up on Tisha Bob on the floor. <laughs> you won't trust it. She's sitting and she's sitting and she's sitting. The chair's right. But you won't trust what you say in Shwen that a Kush Baruch, you're my protector, you do everything for me. So, so this guy, if he really believed that Hashem is a chair, that Hashem is something real, and he really believed what he's saying in Shwen he's not worried about the $10,000. Because if God has all the money and He can do anything, so it's like a chair. I have nothing to worry about. The problem is that we don't even believe that Hashem is God as much as we believe the chair that we're sitting on, and understand that this chair had to be made. There's a famous story at the Chafetz Chaim. So they were about an atheist group in Europe, a very big atheist group, it was like a think tank, because you have to think, you know. And now they have this new thing. I was so excited. They're such animals. It's unbelievable. The human being can be so silly. So they built this billion dollar machine that can take atoms and at a very, very fast speed and it sort of gives them a look at Mammish, into the atom deeper into the atom to see creation and they saw something that they never saw before big breakthrough three weeks ago and instead of saying that That's God. They came up with another word for it. And they said it's, it's... They call it the God whatever. because The what? God particle. Right. They found the God particle. Now, if all these scientists found the God particle, they should all be dancing, We proved God! Just the opposite. They're calling it the God particle because they're saying that just like all the religions believe that God created the world, this particle that they found... Is the originator of the world. They're the biggest apikaras from the world, physicists, that's for sure. The guy who wrote a book, a Jewish physicist, he wrote a book, Mamish, to try to disprove Hashem. Because physics actually proves Hashem. So they can't deal with it. So they have to, so they call it the God particle, but it doesn't mean, I was all excited, they found Hashem, they found a the particle that proves to these animals that there's a God. And they did just the opposite. It's the God particle, it's the particle that created the world. Because they don't want to see that a chair must be, we're so, we're so plain that we understand that nothing comes from nothing. So if we understand that a person has to make a pair of socks, how could you think for one second that the world just happened? It doesn't make sense. You're the same human being that's saying, this chair, I, I, can't, I cannot sell one of you in this room as, as if you like my speaking and you believe everything I say and you like all my stories, there's not one girl in this room right now that if I tell you that your chair just appeared, I walked in here, there were 20 cheers, and as I was talking, cheers just popped up. You'd say, Robert Wallstein, you are drinking, smoking, you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> cheers don't just pop up. But the same girl and the same woman that says, cheers don't pop up, they have questions: Is there a God? Where is the God? How come He doesn't talk to me? I'm not sure there's a God. So, I don't understand. I can't sell you that a chair just pops up. Who sold you that the world just popped up? Why are you accepting that? So the Chovetz Chaim had this vikuach with these atheists. They invited him to come, and he, he didn't want he didn't want to meet them. But he said that he'll, he'll read their material and he'll send them an answer. So they sent them their material. There's no God. The proof there's no God. Their whole shemus. No and he wrote back a 60 or 80 page like composition written beautifully against them and to prove that there's a Hashem so they got it and they sent back a message to the Chavetz Chaim that whether they agree with it or what he wrote or not it is a masterful piece of work that he wrote so he sent them back I didn't write it That's not, I didn't write it so they said who wrote it? he said you're not going to believe it he said, I sat down to write it and I had a hundred sheets of paper on my desk. And in those days they dipped a little like a feather into the ink, and that's how they wrote. And I had this inkwell on my desk and the feather on my desk. And my wife, as I was about to write it, my wife called me in for dinner. So I went in for dinner. Meanwhile, I had left my window open and a cat came into my room and he spilled the ink and the ink fell on the papers and just by accident wrote these 80 pages by accident. It happened by accident. So they said, Rabbi, you try to make a fool out of us. This was written by a very brilliant man. He said, I'm telling you, the cat knocked over the ink, and the letters just came onto the paper. I take no credit for it. And they said, we're not idiots. Of course you wrote it or some scholarly man wrote it. So he sent back, he says, you don't believe that a cat knocked over the ink to write a composition, but you believe that the world came from nothing. He says, I don't understand. How could you bl- n- You think all this stuff came from nothing, but my cat could knock over the ink? So a person has to think. And this is what I was telling this girl today. I said, you have to think a little bit. If you know that everything you have in the thir- three-dimensional world has to be made, then, of course, the world has to be made. So now you need to search who made the world, why did he make the world? We're already on a huge step. You first have to accept that it is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we could talk about all the other stuff. Why? Why did he create the world? That's a different shear. But if you believe that a socks were made by a human, then you cannot not believe that the world was made by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Bitokhan is what gave you the ability to sit down on that chair tonight without checking the screws and without checking the legs. Because I know that this chair, it's been here for a while. I sat on it last week. I sat on it the week before it's a good chair so I don't have to check the chair before I sit down talking is understanding that a Kiddush Baruch Hu can do anything and you say it in Shemona Esrei all the time there's so many tefillahs and I think that's one of the things we need to accept I was working on it with some kids this summer that there's so many tefillahs that we say that we're not telling the truth and we're not living up to it I think everybody needs to take one tefillah one prayer read it read the translation of it and make it true at night, you don't most of you don't dab my because women don't dab my but we dabma, the guys, we all dab When well, we're supposed to anyway. So at night in Ava Soilam, we say the following. And this I wanted to get up in Yeshiva in or Yitzhak and get up and, and read this and see the guy's reactions. Okay? Again, before you say Kriyashma at night, again with all the love. Starts off, avas, aylam, with internal love, basis troll, amchal hafta, the basis Klai klaisroll, your nation, you love, Torah mitchum, shvatnam, asan al we're learning tyra, we're doing mitzvahs, right? Al-kaina, shem al-kaino, therefore, shem my God, vishach when I lay down, uvkumenu, when I get up, right? So that means when I go to sleep, when I get up, the siyach I'm talking about, your laws. And the words of your Torah make me so happy. Your mitzvahs make me so happy. Because it's my life. And the length of my days. And I am busy with them day and night. Please Hashem, don't ever take your love away from me. I think it's, also, it's five times. It says the word Ahava. And then again, you have the mitzvah of Ahavta. And I said, myself, I get up and I go to sleep talking about your mitzvahs? I'm, you know, I, I, I like sometimes to fall asleep reading a story, but I don't remember ever going to sleep like, well, let me call my brother and talk about the mischief rule, the halacha that we learned today. Right? How do we go to sleep at night? How do we go to sleep at night? We get in our, under our blankets. We put our head on a pillow. We look at our cell phone to see if we missed any messages. Right? We close the light, we look again at our cell phone, in case since the last minute we got another message. Right? We toss and turn for three minutes, and we send a text to somebody. So now we have to turn back on the light and wait. No, depends if you have the iPhone, the ePhone with that light on or whatever. Right? And then we go, who goes to sleep busy with our Shem's halachas? But we say it. And then we say, <laughs> Say it's vatayra, Come to our neighbor. And Walsh, he says it's Vataira, And the halachas are above And everybody's happy. Right. The southern fried chicken makes us happier. Not now because it's the nine days. Right? Here we're getting up. We're making a, a, a statement. He ain't chayedo. it's my life. Girls. Is Torah and Mitzvah's your life? Is that true? Is it part of your life? Yeah. How big a part of your life? Everyone here knows. I don't know. But it's your life. Isn't your life making money, getting an education, having 900 friends, (laughs) reading a good book, watching a good movie? It's your life. If somebody asked, what's your life? You would say, so I'm working on my Avas Eilam. That one day, I don't know how long it's going to take, but I'm going to say the whole Avas Eilam and everything I say in it is going to be true. I'm learning them night and day. I don't learn night and day. It's not true. So I asked my Rebbe, how can I say this? It's not true. And he said, when you're daven, you're diving to Hashem that you should be able to say it. But But at least take on one thing that that in this whole tila is MS. Be happy when you learn, whatever it is. So, a lot of the tila that we do is not true in our life. And what you need to do, is you need to go home doesn't matter which thriller. It doesn't make a difference. It could be in Hallelujah. It could be a baruch Shama. doesn't matter what it is. But take one prayer, look at it in English, and make it yours. I'm working on Avasarim. Make it yours. One thing in Atokadosh, Hashibenu, Slachlano, whatever you want. Yushalayim, Essamach David, whatever it is in Shabbat, right. This is mine. I own this. I know what it means. And you know what? I want to go to Yushalayim more than I want to go to Florida and more than I want to go on vacation I want to go to Yushalayim I want to learn about Yushalayim I want to get close to Kishbaq I want to go to the Kaisal there were girls in seminary this year that I went to their schools and I asked them how many times did you go to the Kaisal? two they there a whole year seminary I said two? two I said seminary is not really into us going to the Kaisal so I'm like so then what do you need to, go, what do you need to be there for? "What well, do you in Yushalayim so you can go to that uh, that restaurant in uh, what's it called? in the middle there whatever Center not center one Center one, how about I center one? What? No, oh, not center one Cafe Rimon, that's the one, right Cafe Rimon How many times have you been to Cafe Rimon? I don't know, 60, 70 How many times have you gone to Kaisel? Twice on a Friday night because I got invited by those people in the hotel And that's where they were going and, I, and that's where I met them So you know the connection to Yushalayim Yushalayim ircha Racham imtoshav your city Yushalayim Please, bring it back. Do you really care? Do you really rather go to Yushalayim than Miami? Or to some fancy place, Aruba? Right? Is that what you really want? So, again, you can't... I'm not telling you all this one else, right? Take one thing in Shon and make it yours. <coughs> and think about what I talked about the chair. If you trust the chair, and you know that for sure somebody made that chair then you need to know for sure that somebody made this world. And that somebody that made this world is telling you that before you say kriyashma, I love you six times. Rahab taught me, and I will never take my love away from you. If you read that and you understand what that means, then your whole kriyashma is going to be different. So today, once in a while in our office, I get a chance to read um, from a book that... I think it's from the Chofetzechem, I'm not sure, but it's an art school book. And once in a while I get a chance to read, we stop at 1 o'clock, and every day somebody reads I'm not usually there. Today, I got a chance to read. And I think this is probably one of the most important things that I've ever read in my life. It is so well written, and it is so important for parents, for kids, for everybody, especially because this whole summer I've been talking about bullying, which I've gone from camp to camp, which is so out of control where young kids, older kids, are bullying other kids. You don't belong in this bunk. We don't like you. Really, which has caused one girl that I know to be in a hospital, to drive her to to be in a hospital because she felt so different and so left out that she's trying to hurt herself. That's how far, and I'm sure nobody wants to do that. But you have to understand, when you tell a girl, you can't be part of our group and you don't invite her to this and you're different, it really hurts a person. And sometimes you don't realize it, sometimes you do realize it. And the reason that bullying... is So I, when I was in school, there was one bully. Today, every three or four girls in a camp are bullying another girl because they're a clique and they come from this school and they went to camp last year together and now this new girls coming in. No, she can't be in the bunk. She, if she wants to be in the bunk. She has to sleep on the other side. Us four have to have our beds together. There are kids that don't have high self-esteem and they're going to camp to get away from the bullying in school and they're walking right back into it and the bullying at school is 1st graders, 2nd graders, 8th graders, 12th graders so somebody asked me, why? it's such a big subject and it's not only a subject by Jews it's a subject by Goyim one person got killed, committed suicide from Facebook that, that, that was, was bullied and they ended up prosecuting the person who bullied her on Facebook so what's going on in this world? and the answer is very simple we had self in my generation we had self we, we did not have this low self-esteem we took a lot of beatings because in those days hitting was part of the game. It was like wasn't a bad thing. If you didn't get hit, it was a bad thing. It was like, what's wrong with you? You didn't get hit, you're goody goody. You know, we'll hit you, you know? Everybody got hit. So in those days, everybody got hit. So you'd think they'd have much lower self esteem. Guys walked around, everybody thought they were hit. Best ball player, best looking guy, the man. Girls walked around, it wasn't what happened when the generation's self-esteem began to fall, because people are not complimenting people, people can't get their face out of their phones, so all of a sudden kids started to have low self-esteem. If you have low self-esteem and you don't feel good about yourself, but you're, you have two friends and the three of you are a clique and you can make fun of that one, ah, feel good. <laughs> we really killed her, destroyed her. So what you're doing is you're, 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 you're making yourself feel better by putting someone down. And this generation is not feeling good about itself at all for many reasons. So the bullying started because you, you do want it intrinsically. You want to feel good about yourself. So if you have to step on someone to get there, you're going to do it. And that's what all these clicks like, we're cl- we're good. We're, you know, the three of us, not her. It's an avera. It's sinas chinam. It's the reason that we're all sitting here tonight. It's the reason that Tishbav happened. It's the reason that the base Hamidah. kush Baruchu has patience for avodah for Gilear arayus, and for shvichas damim. He has patience. He has no patience for a Jew hurting another Jew's feelings. No patience at all. Because how you treat God, you can have an answer. Hashem, I don't know why this upsets you eating lobster I don't understand what's wrong with lobster so it's a God thing you could say to Hashem I don't know how it works at the end of life but I'm sure that we get a chance to answer it's like I didn't really understand titzis you know that's why I didn't wear it like a bunch of strings God I I really didn't think it did much for me what are you going to tell him when you hurt somebody else's feelings I don't understand what it means to have my feelings hurt you're a human being you know exactly how it feels what's your way out your way out the other way is your God. It's it's spiritual. I don't understand spirituality. Hurting another person, you understand. You understand that you don't want to be hurt. So you you're stuck. You have no answer, and that's why it's such a big avera. Because you really do know what it means to hurt somebody, and therefore this bullying business is totally out of control. It's totally out of control because people don't have a good look at themselves. They're not happy with themselves. So if I take you down... What was that story? It um, was a famous story with Kinna and Sinna. Kinnah is jealousy, and Sinah is hatred. So the two midos, Kinna and Sinna, hatred and jealousy, were walking down the street. And they met the king. And the king says to the two of them, Listen, he wants to play with them. I am willing to give any one of you whatever you want. But the first guy that asks me for what he wants the second guy gets double. So each one said, oh no. I'm not going to ask first. If I ask first for $100, he's going to get $200. I'd rather not get anything. Kina and Sinna. Hatred and jealousy. So the two of them are just standing there. The king's like, okay, ask. And he's like, you ask first. He's like, oh, I'm not asking first. You're going to get double. You ask first. I want to get doubled. And the two of them are fighting there for like a half an hour and the king's running out of patience. He says, listen guys, Kina and Sinna. One of you has to ask me for something. Or else, this is over in one minute, you get nothing. So Kinnah, which is jealousy, starts smiling. And he says to the king, I know what I want. It's going to take a second to get this right. So the king says, what do you want? He says, I want you to knock out one of my eyes. Think. Ah, come on, it's not that late. (laughs) If you knock out one of mine, then you're going to knock out two of his. So even though you're making me half blind... But it, it makes me feel good to see him get totally blind. It's a very deep, very, very... It sounds like a funny joke. It's not a joke. How many times do we feel, I'll, I'll lose out here, but he'll lose more. She'll lose more. I'll get in trouble, but she'll get in more trouble. That comes from Kinnah, and Kinnah is what destroyed the base. Hamidosh. till now. So if we want to get it back, we have to get into this Ahava. This Ahava that we say in Ahava Rava over and over and over. We have to get ahava Chinam. Where, for no reason, you help another person, no reason at all, you're not getting any money, you're not getting anything for it, you just want to do the right thing. That's what God is looking for to build His base of Meidris. He's looking for us to love each other and to take care of each other. There's a, there's a in Chumash, so it says that there were two dippings It says like this. It says I don't have a Chumash on me, but it says I'll say it by heart that Tish the night of Tishabov and day of Tishabov, always that year, Pesach comes out the same way. So this year, Tishabov came out Mate Shabbos, right? Mate Shabbos and Sunday. So Pesach come out Mate Shabbos and Sunday. So they ask, what's the connection? Pesach and Tishabov. They have nothing to do with each other. Pesach was Mitzrayim, and Tishabov was... No, the and events nothing to do with each other. So why would Chazal tell us that Tishah B'av and Pesach always come out on the same night? And the answer is as follows: the selling of the, brother, the selling of Yosef by the brothers. So what do we do on Pesach? We dip twice, right? We say in the Manashtana, we dip the karpas in the salt water and we dip the mor in the Charoises. Why do we dip twice? Anyone know why we dip twice? So the reason we dip twice is as follows. When they sold Yosef they took his coat they ripped it and they dipped it into the blood of a goat. When they came to their father they said, look tarav tarav Yosef, his clothing is ripped and it's bloody it's Yosef's blood. You're punished for that. What does Pesach have to do with that? That was what, what was that vera sinas chinam and the Sarah Herugeh Malchus which we're going to say on Tisha that were killed were killed because Yosef was sold how do we fix that? the second dipping is in Mitzrayim they took um, the Aguda. Aguda means a group of grass azo of grass and they dipped it in the blood of the carbon Pesach and they took that blood and they put it on the doorpost what was the Tikkun what was the fixing of the selling of Yosef the word of the Torah says that they took an Aguda. And Agudah is a group of people that are together. So the fixing of the selling of Yosef, that dipping was the dipping of the grass, the age of grass, the Agudah, in the blood of the Pesach. Therefore, Tishabov, which is from the selling of of Yosef by the brothers, which was Sinas chinam. how do we fix that? By Pesach, where the Torah tells us Agudah, you have to be together. That's why, otherwise there's no reason for the night of Pesach, to be the same night of Tisha B'Av they have nothing to do with each other that's what they have to do with each other therefore our work on Tisha B'Av and before Tisha B'Av in the nine days our work is to take the bullying and take the separation and take the jealousy and get rid of it and turn it into an aguda and turn it into bringing people together and loving people and not sinaschimim chasrashon so I want you to hear and then we'll go I want you to hear this amazing amazing It's day five, I forgot the name of the book. You have to hear this, and it's so true. He tells a story like this. There was a young camp counselor who wanted her bunk of first grade girls to paint pictures of themselves. She walked around to each girl, giving her a few colors with which to create her masterpiece. To the girls she liked, she gave bright primary colors and soft pastels. To the girls with whom she had difficulty relating, she provided dark muted greens, browns, and grays. With those colors, they had no choice but to paint dull, depressing pictures. Obviously, the paintings of the girls who received the pleasant colors looked much nicer to themselves than everyone else. The counselor, of course, was grossly unfair and did a terrible disservice to her campers. The ones she liked, she gave beautiful, beautiful um, colors. And the ones she didn't like, she gave very dull colors. Listen to this insight. I believe it's from the Chapa Tzrayim. With each word, a person speaks to another He is providing paint for that person's self-portrait. Hear this? Throughout our lives, we collect these colors from the words others speak to us, adding them a dab at a time to the image we create of ourselves. In other words, when you tell me a good word, you're giving me a beautiful, bright color of paint. So you're giving me, I'm painting my self-image, the the inks and the paint that I'm using are bright, beautiful colors. Throughout our lives, we collect these colors from the words others speak to us, adding them to dab at a time to the image we create of ourselves. Others have the power, through sarcasm and disapproval, to fill our palettes with so many dark colors that we cannot help but paint ourselves in the gloomy tones of incompetence, depression, and loneliness. Likewise, likewise we each have the terrible power to do this to others in our lives. For a parent... Or a teacher, this power is immeasurable. Potence, for a child is a work in progress. Every word spoken to a child is absorbed into his developing personality, becoming part of his psychic structure. A negative word to a healthy, confident adult may sting at first, but it will usually roll off like rain from a rooftop. But for a child, these protective layers of self-esteem have yet to be built. Harsh words seep directly into a child's framework and weaken it. The inner structure is compromised and the damage may not become apparent for years. By this time, an entire personality has been built out of damaged materials. If everyone's negative to a child and we talk down to another person, then you're giving them dull, disgusting ink to paint their self-image. So in the end, why are so many people depressed and so many people need medicine and therapy and all this? Because we live in a very depressing world. We have to, to get a smile on our face. To be happy, we have to go to the fourth dimension and watch a movie that isn't true. But that movie will never change your personality. This is what I'm talking about on Tisha B'av, Because the Chachamim say, Dvarim av-lev, What comes out of your heart goes into the other person's heart. You can watch a million movies and they're all funny. And the guy on the screen could say, Hi! You are amazing! 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 And you're sitting there, Wow. You are Superman! Able to leave 12 buildings! Oh, we shouldn't use any superheroes these days. Right? Able to leave 12 buildings! You're amazing! And every day you put it on for one hour, and the guy just stands there saying, You are amazing. You are intelligent. You are very pretty! It will not help you one drop just the opposite after a while you're going to say I am pitiful I am watching someone on television telling me I'm amazing I am so not amazing if that's what I need just the opposite it cause you to be depressed <laughs> but if another person comes over to you a teacher a parent a friend says Khan Allah, I just want you to know something I'm glad I'm your mother I'm glad I'm your friend I'm glad i your teacher you, you are truly amazing it will change your whole life once not an hour a day once because the only way to really get to a person's psyche and to help them is when you speak I can tell you that when I give a share that every person that's sitting here in this room will be definitely much 100% more affected by the words that I say than the people who are watching me right now in Torah anytime because on Torah anytime, it's coming out of a screen. can't get to your heart when I talk to you and I'm on a screen. It's very nice. It comes in here. And they learn to share the same words you heard tonight, they heard tonight. But will it change their life? Very hard. They'd have to take it mentally, then take it from their mental, into their heart, into their emotional, to change it. You don't need to do that. And You're in a room and someone's talking from his heart. I was in a room tonight by someone that was raising money and that Rosh Hashiva was very sick with cancer and he, got out, he went to visit Rosh Hashiva today and Rosh was sleeping then he woke up and he said just tell them all well, it's not about the money it's that I love them and the guy just broke down and started crying now he could have put that on screen I could have watched him cry on screen and I would have said well that's very sad you know here's $10 here's $18 here's thirty. but my friend was standing up there and he was crying I felt it so the words that you tell a person is the ink that you're giving that child, that person, to draw their self-portrait. For when I read this, I'm saying, oh my God! If you give them the wrong ink, and all they are surrounded by dismal things, you're going to see some very dismal pictures. And I have seen, in my life, many dismal pictures. I've been in psych wards, I've been other places, where the paintings on the walls are scary they're not sunrises and sunsets they're not butterflies they're pain and they're black ink and black pastels and red blood and the most terrible depressing faces because we didn't give these people enough of the right colors to paint their pictures we put them in a dark very scary place so I've actually seen that this is very true because they're not talking they're doing art therapy and before they start getting better they're putting on art what they feel inside I've seen some crazy pain on paintings so what they're saying is true you're giving them spiritual ink spiritual pain at the same time you could be giving them beautiful colors complimenting. We want you to be with us. It's, it's, I, I never read this before. This is like amazing. Uh, we'll finish up. The inner structure is compromised and the damage may not become apparent for years, but this, by this time, the entire process has been built of damaged materials. Thus, one can visualize the damage being wrought when a four-year-old who won't pick up his toys is called a lazy boy. A fifth grader who brings home a C on, his, on her homish test is called a bad student. These little bits of water damage Soak into the child's developing personality and at a certain point, the labels become part of his permanent structure. But even a full-grown, competent adult can find his self-image eroded by harsh words sent in his direction in marriage, in employer, employee relationship, between friends. In any relationship in which one person's opinion matters to the other, words have the power to alter someone's self-image. Fortunately, this process works as well in the opposite direction. Words of praise and support build themselves into a child's personality. They also color the self-image of those to whom we matter. In every interaction, we can choose to give out the bright colors, the soft, pleasant ooze to the people whom we speak. In doing so, we give them the material they need to paint themselves as bright, pleasant, beautiful people. In other words, I will try to pay attention to the color of the words I speak, switching wherever possible to more pleasant colors, very very deep thoughts. If you realize that your words that come out of your mouth are paint, are paint, that the other person is using to paint their lives, different words are going to come out of your mouth. And I think this is something that we need to take on before Tisha B'Av, to change the way we speak to others We don't realize, we don't realize the power of the word. But Hashem does. And therefore, before He tells you to love Him, in Ava Rava and Av Tanu, He says, I chose you with love, bright colors, beautiful colors. That's how I chose you. That's how I painted Kla Yisrael. Hashem is very clear. Before He asks us to love Him, He tells us very clearly how beautiful we are and how much He wants to love us. He's not a chair. He's a lot more than a chair so my bracha to everyone is that this year you should be able to eat on Tisha B'Av and drink on Tisha B'Av and sleep on Tisha B'Av but the same thing should happen on Asar B'Av that you should be able to eat on Asar B'Av and drink on Asar B'Av we should all talk about paint I was thinking about when I read this today I was like Hashem wants us to paint His third Besameidosh with our words he wants to paint it with always words. It should be. It says that the base hamigdash, the third one which we're waiting for, is going to be made in ash, in fire. So everybody asks, how could that be? We're still when Shia comes, it's still going to be human beings. How I'm a client, How am I going to work in a base hamigdash? that's fire. I'm going to get burnt. So it says no. It's a base hamigdash that's built of stone. It's built of stone. But what's going to build that base hamigdash? The fire that we have as Jews. The fire is going to build the base Hamidash. That's what it means the base Hamidash of fire. It's a base Hamidash that we're going to build. You see, the other two Base Hamidash, Hashem said, Make me a base Hamidash and I want to live in it. This one Hashem says, you're not gonna make the third base Hamiddash. I'm gonna send it down from Shemayim in fire, and it's gonna last forever. But what's the fire? Where's the fire coming from? Us. Our love for our Kurdish Baruchu is going to bring that fire that's going to bring the Beit HaMikdash down to this world. Take one prayer. Learn it. Understand it. And live it. And that way you'll be building a brick over the next Beis HaMikdash. We should see you, Mirza Hashem, on Sunday, the Simcha, packed up on your way to Eretz Israel. <laughs>